My first car was a 1972 Vauxhall Viva HC. Any fans in the house? No? It was a great car. It was quiet. It was roomy. It was reliable. For those who judge cars in that way, it was white. Okay? Just, just saying, just saying. But you know, I had one small fault. And that one small fault turned out to be quite catastrophic. Let me come back to that thought. This morning we're looking at, uh, second session this morning, we're looking at how do we handle our emotions well? How do we handle our emotions well? I just want to read a passage of scripture here uh, from 1 Peter. There we go, chapter 5, and starting in verse 5. And Peter says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. There's a parallel passage to this that many of you will be familiar with in James uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And the pattern of these two passages are, are quite similar. They start with a, a, a command, a, an exhortation to humble ourselves before God, to humble ourselves before one another, to trust in God. And it goes on to say that we will receive God's grace. We will receive God's strength. They both quote the same proverb, chapter 3 and verse 34, where uh, Scripture says God shows favour to the humble and to the oppressed. And they both finish with this sense of resist the devil. James 4, 7 says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here we're told to resist the devil. But Peter introduces another couple of phrases in there, I've underlined them, uh, they're on the screen, and he says this, cast, or it's a continual tense, casting all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. And then he says to have a clear head, have a sober mind, to think clearly, and then resist the devil who is on the, on the prowl. Now God has emotions, he has joy, he's angry sometimes. He grieves. And God has made us in his image. And so we also have emotions. Sometimes we're angry or joyous or sometimes we grieve. And you have positive emotions like joy. We don't really need a lot of instructions what to do with those, do we? It kind of just pops out. Maybe sometimes we need to be sensitive that if someone next to us is really grieving that we're not singing loud songs of joy in their ear. It might be insensitive. But generally speaking... We don't need instruction on those. But what about negative emotions, the things that we perceive to be negative? Maybe anger or anxiety or guilt. How do we handle those? What do we do with those? How do I cast those onto God? See, negative emotions, they're, they're kind of like nerve endings are in the body. I'm supposing I've got a sharp pain in my foot and I look round and I find there's Anita stood on my toe with her stilettos on. 
that's going to hurt. There's no comment about your weight, Lisa. Just, just don't take that away. But suppose I look around and I can't see anything. Oh, well, I'll take my shoe off. I'll have a look. Maybe there's a sharp bit of stone inside my shoe that's causing a pain in my foot. But either way, I'm going to investigate what's the problem. You see, our nerve endings are shouting out where there's, uh, there's something harmful or painful, or maybe there's a, a, a damage there, an injury or an infection or something. And so I investigate and find out what is going on. And I remove myself from the pain of that if it's the stiletto. I just want to make it clear this morning that uh, you know, sometimes we can be in an emotional pain for an ongoing situation, uh, and there's a time we need to remove ourselves from that. I'm not talking about that this morning, um, an ongoing continual harm, as it were, uh, as, a, as another subject. What we need to recognize is that our negative emotions are there, and they inform us about underlying thought patterns and life goals. Negative emotions inform us about our underlying thought patterns and life goals. What do I mean by life goals? I have a little diagram here just to help us to understand um, what that looks like. So God has made us, the way he's made us, we all have uh, emotional needs. We all have a need to be secure, to be loved, to be valued. We all need to feel safe. God's made us that way. He's given us a sense, of, a need of significance, that we need to know that our life has purpose, that it has meaning, that God has called us for something. We're here for a reason. And we need to know that we have worth, we have value. And the way God has made us is that those emotional needs are met in him, they're met in Christ. But, you know, through our formative years, and it may be through trauma, it may be through gradual processes or a mixture of both, we want to meet those needs. And we, we start to form through our experience a, a, a theory in our head, a thoughts in our head, a structure of our thinking that thinks, if A, B, and C, then I'll meet that need. But what then happens when we pursue that life goal and yet there's a blockage in the way and I don't get to feel significant or to feel secure through my plan and my think all subconscious, all below the, the radar, so to speak. And, and it doesn't do what I thought it was going to do for a particular reason. Well, that then gives rise to negative emotions uh, in our lives. I just want to um, look at these three main emotions here uh, quickly. There's other emotions as well, but just to give us the idea, anger, anxiety and guilt. And what do they tell us uh, about what is happening? So anger usually uh, comes into our lives when our goal has been blocked by something or someone. So for instance, supposing uh, there's a new job comes up at work and it's, hey, it's a big job. It's a really big job. And, and I just think, well, I, I could go for that job. And do you know what? If I get that job, everyone will know how clever I am. Everyone will know that I'm the big shot in town. So I'm going to go for that job. What am I doing? I'm seeking to find significance through a life goal that isn't about meeting my needs in Christ. Anyway, I go for that job. I think I'm going to get it. It just looks like I'm going to get it. And at the last minute, you know what happens? Gareth here, 
he steps in, in front of the queue, and he gets given the job. <laughs> How do I feel about Gareth? I feel angry. I feel resentful. He's not my friend anymore. What's happened? I've, I've aimed for that goal, and something's blocked it. Something's come in my way. Anxiety usually comes through having an uncertain goal. Suppose I think, well, I'm going to save some money just in case bad things happen. And uh, maybe I get made redundant, or uh, maybe it's for my retirement. But I think, well, how much money do I need? I mean, is £1,000 enough? Do I need £10,000? Do I need 100000 I mean, what do I do? Maybe I'm struggling to get there. I don't know how to get there. What am I going to do? And I end up with that anxiety because what I haven't learned is the beauty of trusting God in my life and for my future. And so I've brought this anxiety on myself. If we have a goal that is impossible, we often end up feeling guilty, feeling sometimes shame, feeling despair, leading maybe to depression. What might that look like? Well, I might set my sights and say, I am going to be the perfect father. Hands up all the perfect fathers in the room. No, no hands. What a surprise. But so many of us will have set out with the aspiration to be a perfect father, and yet we know we fail on it again and again and again. And if I'm thinking I'm going to meet my needs through being perfect, I'm always going to feel guilty. But I'm looking in the wrong place. Because I'm perfect in Christ. I'm not perfect in my righteousness. I'm perfect in Christ's righteousness. But our topic this morning is how do I handle my emotions well? The late author John Seymour said this. He said, emotions make excellent servants but tyrannical masters. Emotions make excellent servants but tyrannical masters. You know, emotions should be like the dashboard in the car. We kind of take notice of it, but it doesn't master us. Suppose I go out and uh, I jump in my car and I'm just going to keep my fixation on that dashboard because the dashboard, that's the master. So I get in the car, I turn the engine on, I'm looking at the dashboard, put my foot down, go straight into something. Why? Because I'm not looking out the windscreen. I'm not thinking about the fact the neighbor's car is just parked there and I've just driven into it. He's a great servant but it ain't my master. I want to look at it, but I'm not going to be uh, completely focused on it. I'm going to look around me as to what else is going on, what's really going on. And so we should listen to our negative emotions. We should think about them. We should consider them prayerfully and carefully and ask ourselves the question, what is that telling me? Why am I feeling angry? Am I aiming at something that is an inappropriate goal and something's happened and now I'm feeling angry, that process will often point me to the truth. Hmm. That sounds simple? Well, there's a bit of a hitch there so often and the hitch is this. If I believe, if what I believe doesn't reflect the truth, then what I feel won't be a reflection of reality. In other words, if the truth in my head is actually a lie, I think I'm going to be Mr. Big Shot because I get that job, 
the feeling is a reflection of the falseness that I believe. But what that feeling is doing is pointing me to see uh, that falseness. If I believe the feeling, I just think he's done the dirty on me. But if I look at the feeling and go back and say what is true, I get a different picture. So we need to listen uh, to our feelings carefully and prayerfully. If what we believe isn't true, it's a bit like having a faulty dashboard, which brings me back to my Vauxhall Viva HC registration, CEA 748J. It was a lovely car. I have a, I have a funny memory for, for my second car was OPK155L, but there we go. Um, having a fault on the dashboard. My lovely Vauxhall Viva had an oil warning light that didn't work. And so my nice quiet car got a bit more noisy. I didn't know anything about engines. Um, and eventually it seized. And I then learned lots about engines because I got a hoist and, you know, all the rest of it. Um, but it wasn't telling me what I needed to know. The oil level is low. And sometimes our emotions can be like that. Either the lights are flashing, but there's nothing wrong, really. It's just that we're believing the wrong thing. Or there's nothing flashing, but it should be. And we need to make sure that our dashboards, our emotions are in line, uh, our understanding is in line with the truth of God, and then our emotions will work properly for us. So what do I actually do with those emotions, those negative emotions? There's three different things I would suggest we could do. The first one is that I could express them. So, Gareth here has taken my job. Poor old Gareth, he's trying to look after the kids at the same time. So, I, I know you're not totally listening, that's fine. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to Gareth and say, I'm so angry, and give him a face full. Does that sound like a plan? Not a good one, is it? It's not going to help anyone. It's not going to help our friendship. Well, the second guy could do is I could suppress them. I could squash them. I could pretend they're not there. Hi, Gareth. It's so good to see you, my friend. I really pray to God's blessing on your life. Doesn't help either. Someone once said that uh, suppressing our emotions, it's like when you're cooking in the kitchen and you cut off the little food scraps and the bit of the veg and you have a nice trap door in the kitchen. You open up the trap door and you just throw it down there. Close the trap door. Done, sorted, no one ever know. And it won't be long before there's a smell coming up through the floorboards. And there's rats underneath. And the whole thing has gone a bit nasty. And that's what happens when we put all those emotions inside. I'm not going to deal with them, I'm not going to express them, I'm not going to do anything with them. Or I could confess them. Maybe with repentance, maybe with an apology. I'm going to Gareth, I'm saying, Gareth... I felt really angry when you got the job because I thought it was going to be my job. But I, do you know what? I've come to realise that I was just seeking my significance, my sense of value in that job. And, and I'm, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And I generally want to pray that God really blesses you in that job and use you in that job. But I know my significance is not in my job. It's in knowing that I'm a son of God. If you are going to express your emotion, I suggest you express it in God's direction because he's actually big enough to, to cope with it. And uh, if you have a good shout with God, he won't get too upset, I'm sure. So just in closing, do you know the key to our emotional health is bringing our thinking 
in line with the truth of God's word. Mark's been showing a bit about that already. And specifically, and I think the most important thing, is knowing our identity in Christ. Knowing that we are sons and daughters of the living God. Knowing that we are forgiven. Knowing who we are. That we can hold our heads high. Not because we're anything, but because Christ is everything. Secondly, to identify the lies in our thinking and replace them with truth. Listen to our feelings carefully uh, and let them do that for us. We'll be covering in session eight, um, Mark mentioned about strongholds. How do we deal with those strongholds in our minds? We're going to one session on that uh, completely. But just the key takeaway really is to learn, for us to learn to listen to our emotions carefully and prayerfully and use them to help bring our thinking in line with the truth of God's word. Can we stand together? Do you know, it's so good to know that we've been carefully crafted by God. And he's given us emotions for good purpose. Even the emotions that feel negative, they're there for good purpose, just like the nerve endings in our body. Father, I want to thank you for that. And I, I pray for myself, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that you will teach us and you would help us, you would give us your grace to listen carefully to what is going on within us and let the light of the, the Spirit illuminate to us where our thinking is out of line with your word and help us, Father, to bring those thoughts captive. Help us, Father, to uh, bring truth to replace lies in our minds that, Father, we may be really aiming and aspiring to see all of our needs, Father, met through our relationship with you, Father, because you have made that possible through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we, we recommit ourselves to you and, a, and the pursuit of the truth of your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just say one thing as well, that uh, you can grab a seat or... or Whatever. Um, do you know there's times that we can get so tied up in knots in our emotion that we just we don't actually know which way is up? Uh, and it may be you just need to seek someone else's help to go, well, I, I'm constantly feeling like this, but I don't, I don't really understand the mechanism of what's going on here. Um, a, a trusted friend uh, or maybe a counsellor, just to help you unpack that and see that Actually, some of those, especially deep-rooted rooted things, can be there. Um, and they're so deep-seated, and you just think, I just don't know how to dislodge that feeling of whatever. And then maybe just to someone will get alongside and help you unpack that um, and help point you uh, back to the truth of God's word. Thank you, Mark.